The following presentation was recorded live at the 2015 National Bioneers Conference. To learn more about Bioneers programs and media products, visit www.bioneers.org. Good afternoon and welcome to Lifting Women's Voices, some tools and practices. But why don't we just take a minute to appreciate that amazing morning from Bioneers. Well fed, right? Can we up the lights? Because we're women and we have to see each other. Just a tad, please. <laughs> we could use some lights. Yay. Let there be light. <laughs> As Yanzina said, we're, we're like all about the light here. <laughs> so we have amazing women on the panel that I'm going to introduce you to so you can get a sense of who you're here with. And then um, we're going to look at each other and maybe talk about our own personal feelings around using our voice. So before we get started, I want to encourage everyone to get closer. It's about relationality. Using our voice is something we do together in relationship with each other. So let's get close, because we want to tell each other some stories. All right. So first, I'm going to introduce you to Nicole Middleton. Nicole has, it lives here in the Bay in Oakland. And she's been using her skills in the media, working with Danny Glover and other organizations to really raise up stories for social change. She went to Brazil and really recognized her own fear of her voice and came back and has been teaching young women in Oakland how to use theirs as part of Global Girl Media, where she was not only the leader, but um, is now on our board. So, Nicole. Happy to be here. Thank you. I think we're going to start with a little video before you start to talk. Is that okay? That is great. Cool. Global Girl trains teenage girls in media to produce stories from our own perspective. Global Girl Media gives girls like me a voice to change the way girls are portrayed in the media. Global Girl Media is a great opportunity for those girls who want to empower themselves. I am capable of doing anything, and my voice can get me anywhere that I want to go. I'm Alexis Smith, reporting from Global Girl Media. This is Wendy Desjamini. Reporting for Global Girl Media. I'm reporting today about women in the domain of journalism. I say Global Girl Media is a revelation um, because we are, you know, our overall goal is to create change and bring more diverse women's voices into mainstream media. And in order to do that, we train young women, ages 13 to 22, from low-income communities around the world in digital journalism. Gosh, this program, nay, this program has been great. Being a global girl reporter has helped me experience many things that have been around the world and I've never knew about, like rape culture, sex trafficking. I never knew about sex trafficking. Global Girl Media has just opened so many doors for me. It's shown me that my voice is important and that my voice needs to be heard. As 
a woman, as an African-American woman, I have something to say. My inspiration comes from women and from my experience working as a filmmaker, uh, documentary filmmaker around the world. I just felt that there weren't enough of us telling those stories and specifically there weren't enough women of color. This is your LA crew. They want to hear how the shoot's going. We're doing good. We are on our last day of production. So we are, we are trying to get our last final shots this morning. I grew up in an apartment, a small apartment, single apartment of 10 people, two families. I grew up looking at my mom, but she was always in the kitchen. I was looking down whenever my dad would get mad at her. That's how pretty much my whole life was until I entered Kobogo Media. This program changed my life completely. It gave me the power to hold the camera in my hand. It gave me a voice. I still get goosebumps every time I see that video, and I really appreciate moments like this where I can uh, really reflect and think about why I how I, I became a part of Global Girl Media, how I found it. Um, like Jody was saying, I had no idea that I was in need of an organization like Global Girl Media. I never knew that I needed to be in a, in a capacity where I can help other women give, give a voice to other women um, until I had this experience uh, in Brazil in 2013. Um, I at that point was still really shy. I went to Brazil to write a film and to research and to write a film. But when I look back at it, I really think that I went to Brazil to, to find that confidence and find my voice. And what happened was I got there and I became immediately accepted into this community of amazing women um, that were going through really difficult circumstances. But you know, throughout that, they were showing me some sort of kindness that I had never experienced before. And what kind of got bothered, you know, what bothered me after being there for a long time was that I wouldn't have known any of these women had I not been in Brazil. I didn't know about them when I was here in the Bay Area, and I was looking for ways that I can help, you know, them, you know, bring out their stories, help them tell their stories uh, to the world who they were. And I really didn't know that organizations like World Pulse and Global Girl Media existed. So when I came back, um, I was kind of determined to, to extend that kind of, um, you know, I, I, was a, I was a feminist, but I, I'd, and I was always an activist, but I, when I came back from Brazil, I kind of really wanted to blend the two, um, and that's when I became introduced to Global Girl Media. And, since being with them, working with the girls has been amazing. We have um, one of our Global Girl Media reporters, which you saw in the film, Cassie Gonzalez. I want to shout her out. She's right there. Um, we also have Sandra Clifford, one of our board members here, and I want to shout her out too. So thank you both for coming. And. Um, you know, I would just say that, you know, sometimes you're put into situations that and you're not really sure how they're going to end up. I thought maybe I was going to write an Oscar award-winning film when I went to Brazil, but what came out was, was me trying to give back to um, the girls in the community that I was from. I'm from Oakland, and helping them be more confident in raising their own voices. So, yeah. So next, I'd like to introduce you to Nima Namadamu. 
Nima uh, is from the Congo, in a remote part of the Congo, and at two, she got polio. But she didn't let that get in the way. She is one of the first women to graduate from college with a disability in the Congo. Um, and th I think the second to even leave her tribe and go into some of the major cities. When she was 11, she had a one-hour radio show about living with disabilities and um, became the advisor to the Minister of Gender and Family um, in Kinshasa for four years. She's now spent her life advocating for women's rights, rights of persons with disabilities, and rights for indigenous peoples, and is an ardent proponent of the rights of nature. Right now, she's running a media training center, and um, I'll turn it over to you to tell more of your amazing story, Nima. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak in Pioneer, and uh, I'm so grateful to Hilary Rivera with his husband, they are here. Without them, I cannot be here. They support me to be here in this conference. Thank you so much. Uh, my story is real. I don't know where I can begin. Maybe we can only jump on some real small stories. I born like other children in my family, and um, I was grow up. I born in a very, very remote area where is no road, no water, no medicine, where children don't have any support. And when I was grow up, um, people always say she's lost cause. Maybe she's, she have a punishment from God. Maybe she's, she have some kind of bad stuff has happened on her. But my mother, I got amazing, amazing mother to help me, to support me, to care about me. I was always baby to my mother. And uh, I like word baby because always when other children goes to river to wash the body, my mother bring water and they give, prepare me hot water and she wash myself. And when I was getting uh, age to go to school, she always take me. Sometimes when it's raining, come she come to to see how I'm doing. She take me his own back to go to from school or sometimes to go to school. That is uh, always a relative uh, neighbor to say, why you are losting your time to this girl? She's lost cause. Don't, don't take care. I say, no, she's my baby. And always she gives me big love. And from there I got um, something because I always listening that voice from my mother to say everyone born with by purpose and it gives me hope when I was listening and how I can use also my voice to help other women, to help other children, to help other people around the world. And I get now to know technology. Through technology, I get my voice and that gives me really deeply understanding how I can take advantage of this technology. 
That is my real small story. Thank you. Do you want to talk about the White House? Just a little, <laughs> share a little bit about how that happened with your media center. And okay. Now, you know, when I was, I finished, I began working and I found my voice through technology. One day I was there in my uh, province town. I get my cousin and she went to conference to Bujumbura. She came with two addresses. One was a woman from my capital country, Kinshasa. Another was a woman from the United States. And she said, Nema, you like to read and writing. Maybe you can have this address. They can serve you. And she gives to me. I write to those both women. And the women from the United States, name is Jenny, I think. And she answered directly my email. I said, oh, wow. And they say, oh, how are you? I say, I'm good. Where do you live? I say, I'm living in the DRC, East Congo a province. And they say, okay. And she introduced me, second email to World Pulse. In World Pulse, I meet Yansine, and the other woman named Jade. Now um, we are working really very close with her. Now she's the chairman of a movement I begin, Hair Women Rising. And that happened is. After when I'm working, I find voice, I find water pulse, I begin writing articles, and I got training citizen journalists. When I get that, and they, they ask me through water pulse, oh, what are you are doing? I say, I can't do anything because, you know, women with disability, they are discriminated. We can't, they are neglected. I can't find a job. I'm only home. And they say, oh, I say, they say, no, no, no. Please, you can have this training. I say, yes, of course. And they gives me this um, training. After training, I get to, they invite me to come to do tour, live tour with the World Pulse. And when I came, they asked me, where is your vision? I say, I want really, really so much to get center for women. And the first time I say, no, I don't want to come to United States. They say, oh, wow, everyone wants to come to the United States. I was thinking. <laughs> I say, no, I'm not interested to come to the United States. They say, why? I say, oh, maybe I was afraid, you know, United States. It's, oh, it's strange, something like that. And they say, okay. I find I came here when I was doing my tour, was now my country, some trouble, some um, rebels happened, M23. When it was happening, I was wanting to back home, and all my sisterhood I meet, and my friends say, no, you can't back to DRC. Now war again, another new war begin. And I say, no, I can't stay. Whatever is look like, I will back. And I, I recognize I have a voice, and I say, how I can use this voice? And I say, okay, let me write a letter to women only, because men, I don't have confidence, I'm sorry to say that, on men, because men work in a system. And the real system doesn't work. I'm sorry to tell you that the whole system is broken. <clears throat> I get now write a petition. I put petition online. This petition, every day, 100 voice, 100 signature, 100 signature. I, how many I get, Yansine? Over 100,000 signatures, and then... Yes. But it was to the women of the White House, so Michelle yeah, Obama... Yeah, I write to, to Michelle Obama, 
to Hillary Clinton, to Susanna so Rice. Nice. That's what you wanted. To, That's what yes. she said. I want I to said, the women. I want to women because when you talk to women, you talk with your heart. And with my voice, I want really Michelle Obama if she can help me. And after six months, we do petition online, 100,000 signatures. And I get, I was in a conference in Addis Ababa African Union Summit. I get home, this, that day I have phone, and the phone say, this is White House. <laughs> I saw, what? I was chatting my, 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 but they say, this is me, or maybe I'm half dreaming. <laughs> I said, oh. I said, White House? Say, yes, this is Administration Obama. So, no, I say, you are person or you are spam? You, you spam. spam, maybe, no, maybe it's not really something <laughs> you can feeling. Yeah. And I call Yansin, I say, you know this news? White House called me. He said, yes, I know. Now we have to, to go there tomorrow. And I said, oh, that night I will not. You can't imagine how I was feeling. And I don't have internet. I go to Monusco, is a UN peacekeeper in Bukavu province. I went there to write to asking them, please, you can give me internet. How I can have, maybe I can chat, I can talk with Yancine, other people. She went and I was say, okay, you have appointment tomorrow at, at what time? It was within 24 hours. Yes, 24 we, hours, I'm supposed to be in White House. I said, oh my so God. we couldn't, we, we, Nema has a sister from Mama Suja in the US, so we yes. went to the White House and we sat with the National Security Council. Exactly. And then within uh, about five months, they appointed a U.S. special envoy to the Great Lakes region, and they said that it was influenced in part because they had heard directly from the women of the Congo who wanted this envoy appointed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's in my story. But because that guy, a special envoy, worked in the system, when he came many, many times, he never met women. And I went to meet him in White House again. I say, we invite you, and you go to meet somebody who doesn't invite you. The people, rebels, VIP, government, they, you, will, you will hear where they, them, they want you to hear. Please, and when I was there, I was not maybe happy, but maybe through all the posts, they will show my photo when I will write article about that. But really, system is is broken and we are looking how through technology women can raise their voice. Please, with technology you are everywhere in a second. I was in White House, I doubt have a visa, I doubt asking permission, I'm there. <laughs> you know, the technology is amazing to me. It's why sometimes I say, let me, you know, Sometimes we don't have really energy to move around, but with technology, we move so fast. That is why I joined World Post with Yancina, with every woman here in this room to take uh, opportunities to connect to women and how we can teach this new generation to use really in a good way technology. Thank you.
So I don't really have to introduce you to Yancina, but um, if we take what she was saying earlier about really lighting up the world, I also want to take you from the what we saw on the image of the lighting up the world, but also remind you that she's also connecting us to that mycelium that connects all of us. And that rich mycelium, which is um, the mushroom coming up and telling the story. And so watching her over these years first get the passion of creating World Pulse and then continue to let it pull her forward. I always see her as being pulled into the future, into the need. She's listening constantly to what's next and taking it deeper and never afraid of what could be in the way when people say no and that doesn't exist and she doesn't understand. She's continually creating the platform so we can be connected to each other. So now we get a treat of being taken deeper into her platform. Take yes, yes. So we, it's incredible that you're all here and, and as you know what I was talking about so much this morning is that we really have the opportunity to in a heartbeat be connected with these incredible leaders and women all over the world and uh, start speaking ourselves. So, uh, but we might be feeling like, I mean, you're hearing Nema here, she's present, she's physical, but when you think about the women of the Democratic Republic of Congo, they might be feeling very, very far away. So we're going to take a little look inside of World Pulse, and uh, I'll show you a couple of little, a little bit of a tour for how you can start to use it and start to put your voice in there, but start to immediately, within minutes, just be making some of these very, very powerful connections. And we'll, we'll show them your profile, too, so they can connect to you, too, Nema. So we have, I think we have up on the screen which is, is the homepage, and that's, that's the first, first step, is just getting to the homepage. Number one thing you, you may want to do is there's a big Join Us button. You don't have to, to join to experience the stories. You can surf through the site and just read and listen and feel. And quite a few people start that way. Um, in fact, sometimes we have women from our community tell us they've been reading the stories for five years before they actually make a, a post themselves before they feel ready. So you can do that, but if you do want to have some interactivity, if you do want to start making comments and uh, making your own posts, it's an important thing to do to join. So uh, I'll show you a few basics and then we're gonna connect to the, the communities that are speaking out from the, the Congo. The main dashboard here is your navigation and the heartbeat, the heart uh, of this is community tab. And in the community tab, you can see a few different things. There are um, resources, there's a groups directory, there's multiple groups, and also a member directory where you can search. You can type in Nama Namadamu's name, or you can search by country. Um, the first place I like to go when I wake up in the morning before I've had my coffee or before I go to bed at night is I like to go to just click on the community tab and just start scrolling down through all, this is the most current content that's just popping up on the site. And I just like to scroll the, the headlines and see what the teasers are saying and what, what's pulling me in and what might I want to comment on. So what I'm seeing right now is I, I'm seeing a lot of women coming from Kenya. And we have different trainings all over the world, so there must have been a spurt of training of, of different women from Kenya. So you'll see like Matete schools, all Matete schools are digital. Uh, I'm a Kenyan philanthropist helping the poor in all communities. 
So there's a lot of Kenya here, but if you keep scrolling down, you see some, some, some women from the Congo uh, who are very active on our site. NEMA has, it's, I think, over 800 yes. women just in your centers alone yes. who are coming on. Yeah. So they're, they're very prolific. You're, tra you're actually teaching them how to use a computer and then how to use World Pulse, right? Yeah. So they're, they're very active. And... Uh, when you scroll through, you might see different languages. Here we see poem, la liberté d'expression, but en anglais, so we're seeing some French. And when you start to see another language, you actually can bump up to um, the translation up in the corner here. And what I want to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to, we have about 56 languages. I'm going to click English because I, English speaking primarily, I want to see everything in English. And uh, so when I scroll back, I can see that this poem is called The Freedom of Expression for a Congolese from a woman named Letitia. And if you click on it, you can see her, her poem. It's all translated into English, not perfectly, but it is enough to get the, the gist of it. And then you can see um, there's a comment on the end. This is a beautiful poem. You're a talented writer. Please continue to share with us. That's where a lot of magic happens. And as you start to read the stories, um, that's where I find you feel compelled to write a comment. You feel so connected. You want to share. Here's another one um, from Jamaica. Growing up girl in Jamaica, bewitching breasts. It starts, a lot of things changed for me that summer before I started high school. And then a whole, her story uh, about what happened to her in adolescence as a girl. And then you start to get the comments down here. It says, Aisha, you are so brave to tell these stories and to speak out about your personal experience, about sexual harassment and abuse. It's so important. So it's that positive feedback loop that's helping to encourage more of the voice, more of the speaking out. Um, you know, I, I founded World Pulse, and I still get nervous when I post, and and I get comments, I'm like, oh my gosh, they really, they care what I had to say? <laughs> you still have that feeling. It's such a universal feeling. It, it can be, be pretty crazy. So let's say you go onto World Pulse and there's a specific country you want to connect to. Then, like, let's say the, the DRC. You can go into the member directory tab, and there's actually a drop down for country. So you can scroll through pretty much any country uh, and check out what, who are the women leaders and what are they saying. And um, even down to the Cook Islands and the Maldives. <laughs> and so I'm going to click Democratic Republic of Congo here. And you just start to get, there's, a, there's um, some avatars happening here. A lot of women don't have pictures um, to upload or it's a very high bandwidth, so you see avatars. And... Uh, he, it's all still translating into English for me, even though quite a bit of this is French. And you can just stop with a face, with a story. Uh, here's a woman named, named Charlotte, and she says, I live in Bukavu City, I'm a student. Uh, I am interested to help orphans because I am an orphan. And uh, so you may feel like you wanna connect with her. Maybe you care about orphans. Um, and you can uh, literally see some comments, somebody saying, hello, Charlotte, I have an initiative to support orphans. Could you stop by our office so we can learn more? And she's saying, yes, I will, my Rwanda. You can um, see uh, her contributions on the side. You can see her um, 
post that she's made. She's saying, I need support for my work. Um, I'm determining the problems of the orphans. And then all of her friends, she's going around the site making friends, you can tell, and connecting with them. So one last place that I'll, I'll take you and uh, for us to peek at is the groups. There are, we have an economic empowerment group, an environment group, a gender-based violence leadership, and also technology. And if you have a specific issue in any of, these isu any of those, you can have uh, a peer group to connect to. I'm gonna take us to the, to the environment group here. There's community champions who are on the side from Kashmir, um, from Moldova, from Kenya, who are helping to moderate this. There's resources where, um, you know, there's a free course about investigating crimes against the environment you can take if you want. And we also have community voices, and these are all tagged environment, and there's a, a lot of women from the Congo who are writing here, very concerned about the environment, you know. You know, when we talk about environment, because, you know, women in DRC, we live with environment. We, one, he said, Trees can live without human being, but women in Congo, they can't live without trees because we cook with charcoal it's from trees. We cook with wood is from trees. It's, we get water from liver. And now when we get this uh, climate change, really we are affected. We are first victims in those African countries. It's like uh, here, you are going to get this climate change. That's where is I, I think is really good because you, development country is affected. That is good things, I say, because, because when we was, something happened to African, doesn't matter. We are like not human being. The, people with color, they still have this story, slavery story, but this climate change is affect, no border for climate change. Mm -hmm. Is why I'm reading, I say, okay, everyone, you, you are intellectual people, you know story, you know how things change, you know science. If you don't take care of where we still have some rural or forest, everyone is going to be affected. Mm -hmm. And where is, is not really, is not issues for us on African, because those company, those country, European, American, or whatever development countries, they take, 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 take. Now consequence is for us, for everyone. So Neymar, uh, because now, of the where, issues? Because that issues is why women stand up so much to say, please, stop cutting trees, stop this climate change is coming. Now they see very deeply consequence. Mm -hmm. Is why you see women from Congo, now we need your face. You need to talk to UN, to all organizations, stand up for, to use this technology to say, please, we need to, to do conservation. Conservation. Yes, about this climate change because is, we have a one world we will have one consequence for everyone. And we partnered with WeCan, with uh, the Women's Environment and Climate Change uh, Network, to 
collect the voices of women who are speaking out on climate change is so strong and obviously a huge issue for women of Congo too to deliver those voices to the COP21 summit in Paris that is happening in December of this year which is a major climate summit and we're going to make sure that those voices are there the voices exactly, of women of Congo are, exactly. are, are there yeah we, we can yeah yeah so that gives you a, a bit of a just a quick peek into it, but obviously you could you could spend a long time following the stories and connecting as you wish. Yeah, if you want to connect with women on the ground to see how we can get a solution about climate change, please join World Post through weekend. We can collaborating and we can have safety for new generation. Thank you. So um, when I'm traveling to war zones, I'm just reminded that. Um, when I ask the women what do they want, so often what they want are women in the West and to use their privilege and power. And so often that's our voices that we're, we're not using. So with the next hour, we want to talk about what gets in the way of us using our voices. And we're going to start with technology. So I'm going to have our panelists talk about what about technology got in their way. And then we'll partner up and you guys can tell each other what got in your way and we'll, we'll start there. Um, for me, technology could be two things. It could be scary because it's, it's so public. And also, I, don't th I think it's, it's so out there. It's so much in your face. It's, it's so accessible. But, but if no one teaches you really how... You know, you can you can post things, you can you can do things, but it, it, it seems to be overwhelming at, at a certain point, I think, and you're not sure where you're supposed to be putting your story out there, um, and then you're also not feeling very safe about like, okay, I I, I have my my story is very important to me, but I don't think anybody's gonna care about it, so why should I why should I put it out there in the world? Um, so I would say those, those two things. And then also, I think a lot of us forget how, how accessible it is to all of us and how, how yet it is not accessible to a lot of us. So even in Oakland, um, even right here in the Bay Area, a lot of girls that we work with don't have internet at home. They don't have the ability to, where they're able to access the internet is at, at school or at the, you know, our, our local community organizations. Um, or at the library, but it's not, you know, and it may be on their phones, but not necessarily. So I think that we have to make sure that we're not assuming that, um, and then making sure that we give women, young women and women, the resources to be able to use technology and to know how to use cameras. I mean, here's another thing with Global Girl Media, we're, you know, there's all kinds of digital technology, but, you know, these cameras are complicated to use. You cannot just give somebody an HD, you know, a, a DSLR camera all of a sudden and expect them to know exactly how to shoot video, you know, a video piece, a journalism piece, and know how to edit it together. So sometimes you do, you, have, you do have to train them to be able to use a HD, you know, digital camera to learn how to use Final Cut and editing software. And all of these things are not very hard, but if you don't know how to use it, it, it can be a little daunting and frustrating. So. Thank you so much. I think she's very, very right when she's saying that why we, why we don't use our voice? Why technology gets in the way of you using your voice. Oh, really sometimes it's very scary. 
For example, for us, for women, African women, really we don't have access to technology. That is the big, biggest issues we have to get internet. We think maybe a radio was for men. We still have this culture to say, okay, this is not for women. This is for men only. They are privileged to get access to. Second, to use technology to be online, to use where is really I, why I'm saying my voice. Maybe I'm scared because I don't have a security. No one who is going to, maybe when the summit say, oh, she's speaking out. But we have a way we can really speak, but we have other women, we don't have a way to give, like to be here in this meeting, for example, make, taking money, you know, to get camera, like she say, computer is big issues for African women. And computer, cameras, phone, and bandwidth is like privilege, is like heaven. You know, when I begin center, I would have four women on one computer. Let me also write my story. Let me also write my story. Still today, people coming on the center, fighting because we don't have enough computer. And we can, I was maybe thinking how we can get out to get in Bukavu town, maybe two center. Because, you know, 800 women to come to one center, you know, it's not easy to manage, to say, okay, this is your time, this is not, sometimes the people come and they are angry, say, oh, I'm not finished to write my story. That is big issues. Also, they don't really have access to this kind of education to know how to use the technology. I think we need you to help us to get really opportunity to have, to have education for to educate women to get access to technology, and we can chat, you know? We can find friends, we can connect each other, we can see some women here, maybe they say, we have really challenges, or they are talking, African women, or we are busy here, you know? Time is really a problem, but with technology, you can be on the phone. Like some women, I'm cooking and I'm on the phone. I put my phone here in my pocket, I put things and I'm talking, I'm cooking and I'm doing something else. But with technology, something is scaled, also we can be able to use. Let's take advantage of that technology and you see how huge change we can bring in this world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So for me, I, at this point, I would say it's, it's, it has a lot to do with time. And, and then there's also that also, uh, the, sec the security issue as well. Uh, but in terms of the time one, it, it, as I said in, this morning, I, I am very shy, grew up very shy. So it takes a lot for me to put, put a story together, put something out. I'm the kind of person who needs to circle the desk like five times and have everything perfect. And, and it just takes a lot of time for me to get something out. And uh, what I found that, that, that wor works for me is by doing lots of little snippets, snippets, whether it is small on Facebook uh, uh, or on WorldPulse, what really works for me is just 
is the commenting. It's, it's, it's like the gateway drug, I think, <laughs> of getting, starting to get active. And you are producing content. You are using your voice. You are, you are making a major contribution. And, and then once you start to realize, like, even just a comment can totally change someone's life who's feeling very alone, uh, it, you get that wave back that has you feel deeply meaningful and deeply connected. So that's kind of my strategy is actually a lot of commenting. And uh, I also think the health and well-being piece, I know that at a certain point I realized I was spending so much time online and I was, you know, my posture and my... And I hear from a lot of people who are like, well, I'm just kind of scared to get started because I'm going to get sucked in and, and I don't have this time. So I had to have like really kind of a, a moment with myself of realizing, wow, I, this, this technology, I was, did not want to get involved with this technology so that women are having their backs bent over the technology just like they are with firewood right now. <laughs> And I had to have a real look at my life, and over the last few years there has been, how do I balance and control um, when I am offline and when I'm getting to go out into nature, which is so refueling for me, and I found, okay, if I, do, if I actually do set those boundaries in my life, I can commit to them and I can follow through, and I feel like the last couple of years so vibrant and healthy than I have ever, and so you can do that. Um, the last thing is, is that um, from a safety and security perspective, it's a war zone out there for, for women online. And um, it really, some of my friends who are feminist writers are actually dropping off online because of all the death threats and the rape threats. And it's, it is an epidemic. So uh, it's part of why we've made World Pulse so moderated and a, really a safe space for freedom of expression. We've kept a very keen eye and our entire team has been so uh, incredibly diligent about that. And helping, I had to learn myself how to protect myself. When do I feel like I need to use an alias or maybe not my picture if I'm on another online community and I'm not quite feeling safe or I'm, I'm gonna speak out about something that actually could really ruffle feathers in a big way. This is how I might want to protect myself. And we have those modules, those safety and security modules, and are helping women to, it's mostly education. How can I protect myself online? But, but for a lot of people, it's a barrier. But you can, you can um, address that. Thank you very much. So I think what we're hearing, um, both from Global Girl Media, about how it's coming together and women finding their voice in the community of women and being supported, to commenting, to teaching, that a lot about what gets in the way of us using our voice, and especially in the United States, is that kind of living inside the empire. We think it's all about us. And I think the gateway drug of commenting as a way to use your voice is an amazing entry. And I don't think we do it enough but really remembering when the space doesn't feel safe, what is it to love some woman's voice into being? Especially those women in places where to use their voice is not only risky, but you know what, when you hear what it was like just even to get on the computer, to think about your privilege and where uh, I can get on the computer anytime and say whatever I want, but how do I hear this voice there? So if everybody could find somebody to partner with, and if you could tell each other for about a, a couple of minutes, um, what 
what, what about technology gets in your way? What's been triggered by this conversation for you? And, and go deep, you know, not the surface stuff, but what is it that you feel really gets in the way for you? We'll give you a couple of minutes. to The interactive part, guys. And start with sharing your name with each other, please. <laughs> we'll be able to come back. So now what we'd really like is um, maybe some popcorning of what came up for you that you didn't hear on the stage. So the panelists can, so we can have a conversation about what else is in the room. Um, what are the techno technology fears? And, and really just raise your hand and I'll point and you can uh, shout out. So, yes? Hi, I'm Joyce Anastasia and I traveled to Egypt to interview people there, women in particular. And uh, the problem with technology I guess they will help everybody hear you better. Oh, could you stand? Sure. Yeah, she's got it right now. My name is Joyce Anastasia, and I do um, it, just independent media as a transformational leadership consultant. And one of my greatest concerns is um, the difference between what is presented as mainstream media and what is really the truth on the ground and also the um, security issues around presenting that truth so that people who are speaking their truths, especially women, do not get killed, harmed in any way because of it. Thank you. You want to pass it back? Is there anybody nearby? Yeah. Hi there. My name is Zephora. Uh, this is my friend Julia. We both also work in, in digital media, uh, photography and videography. and. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Can you hold my baby? Um, so why do I just talk and turn? Um, and we both work as like solo women, our own team. I do all my post-production. She does all of hers. My primary issue I brought up is that it's completely taken over my life. Um, the process of, of showing up to tell other people's stories visually um, has really taken away my ability to speak my own voice. I don't know how long it's been since I've been able to sit with my guitar and have space to do that, let alone let a song birth through me, or to sit and write. I'm also a writer. So the, the technology, while it's my greatest ally, has also completely taken over. And she made the excellent point that it is extremely expensive to have the right technology to actually do this work and to keep up with it. Um, the technology is con continuously evolving and changing, and if you want to actually be somebody who's taken seriously and a front runner, you have to have the right tech you have to have the right equipment, and it's literally thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, Thank you. yeah, I just wanted to speak that part. Thank you. And can you pass it back? There's two women behind you. Thank you. Hello, my name's Sally. Um, so I was here with this woman, and we were, we're two different generations, and a lot of times we think that the young people, like they've got it all figured out, but we both kind of spoke to feeling like, God, it's just so confusing, and it's hard, and I don't want to be in front of a computer, and I know for myself I'm also a writer, and I really use that as kind of a, like, a way to keep myself from really putting my writing out more fully, of like, well, I just don't understand the technology, and it's hard, and... Um, and I know that there's a way that I just shut down around it, and I think that's kind of a convenient barrier I know for myself. Um. Thank you. 
If you want to move past it this way, there's about four women down. There's somebody with their hand up. Oh. Am I okay? Yes, go for it. Um, my name's Abby. I'm 13 years old. I, um, I've grown up with technology. I'm surrounded by it. Um, it I, I've been very privileged because I have access to it. And my relationship with technology is probably different from a lot of people in this room because it'd be very hard for me to have an education without technology. Like, we can't complete our homework. If, if you don't have a computer, you can't do your homework. It's impossible. <laughs> Thank you. Somehow we managed, though. I just <laughs> want to note. <laughs> Encyclopedias. Hi, my name is Luna. Uh, one of the things that came up for me when y'all were sharing was the system that you were talking about that's broken is also what is kind of controlling the results on technology, what we're seeing. So when you search something on Google, the, the order of business is really predicted for us to like manipulate and navigate for us. And for me, I think, not the fear, but the challenge is like maintaining my own sense of intention and focus and not being kind of like sucked out or moved into the vortex because into other things that are not really productive, like what you shared earlier, just about really the intention of using it as a productive tool for sacred communication rather than a distraction and really just acknowledging that those powers are there kind of navigating our experience and really claiming my own power to stay focused on what I'm doing. Thank you. Right behind you. There we go. Hi, my name is Tarita. And I had a lot of concerns uh, and complaints about technology until I listened to this sister talk about all these women in the Congo trying to get at that computer. I live in Oakland. And I'm privileged to see organizations like Black Girls Code and um, Kano Labs working with our youth to give them access because a lot of the kids in Oakland are getting their homework done without computers because there's no computers available. Right. And so we're experiencing the same thing. Um, and so even though I have the fear of technology, I do a lot of work with menstrual health care. And there's a lot of opinions about that. And the way I'm doing the work bristles a lot of uh, feathers. And so I have a lot of fear around the backlash and the threats and the problems, especially as I see the direction this work is headed. But, oh, sis, as I listen to you, it's like I cried talking with my partner because I'm like, I can't stop. I am privileged to be here and to have access. And no matter what I'm afraid of, I, I can't stop this work. So. Um, I had a lot of concerns, and then listening to you all talk, they all just sort of shrank into a space of really not that important anymore. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I don't know which way this is going. Can we pass the mic? She's at the mic over there. I'll pass this one forward, at the, all the way under the exit sign. Oh, wait, sign. we've got somebody at the mic over here. Thank you. Go for it. Hello. Thank you. Paloma Pavel with Breakthrough Communities. Um, the, the barrier story, 
that I remembered um, with my partner, it was almost like a trauma that I had forgotten, was that my first um, editing class um, as a filmmaker, um, I was one of two women in the class, and the um, sequence that we were given to edit was a rape sequence of a woman, in which we had to watch this over and over again, dozens and dozens of time. And I would go into the bathroom and throw up in the, in the break, and I, I raised the objection to this. I just found it outrageous. And I was treated as though I was crazy, that it, I, couldn't, I wasn't up to the technology of being able to dissociate what the content was from the technology we were learning to edit. So a barrier for me has been just learning the tools and the skills in a way that's, um, that's life positive for women and has a feminist. Um, and I want to speak up for the Berkeley City College here locally that has a very strong women's um, teaching team now and is a very different experience. That was one. Um, and I had forgotten, I had kind of suppressed that memory. And the other is um, the, the, the wish for um, money to not be a barrier in this, whether it's keeping up with the, with the latest equipment or when we went to produce our PBS series, we had to raise $40,000 just to do the sound sweetening to meet PBS standards. So even though we had created um, a very um, high um, production value film, um, film series on PBS. Just it took us a whole other year just to raise the money for the final production. So there are these tiers. You know, we can get things up and out quickly. I want to really honor World Pulse, but how do we keep challenging the class barriers as well as the gender barriers of both learning and getting our work out there? Because there are still these tiers and of doors that are shut. Um, as it gets to um, wider and wider impact. But thank you for World Pulse. You're showing us a new way. Yeah. Thank you. So one more person, if we can just take one more, and then we'll go back to the panel. Thank you. Hi, thank you. My name is Betsy Rosenberg. I'm so happy to see this panel. Um, I just recently turned 60. When I was uh, 40, I had my daughter and left my career at CBS Radio News to cover green programming, thinking it would take a year or two before CBS picked up on such an innovative, new, vital, dynamic area of programming. Um, I just got here 10 minutes ago because I finished writing my proposal to CNN that it's time for them to start covering the green scene. And I looked at my watch and said, oh my gosh, I've got to get there. And then I thought, how ironic that I'm missing this because I was doing that. So if I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you recorded it, or I'm hoping I can get a download. I just want to encourage all of you, you are on the right track. It is not okay that our mainstream media, which I grew up in, is ignoring this issue. And yes, they're starting to mention fleetingly, you know, sea level rises, um, PPMs, parts per million, but what's never followed is what we can do about it. And I, I maintain until we see this kind of programming, day in, day out, on a CNN, MSNBC, which has prison lockup shows all weekend. What good is that doing for mankind? How about Planet Showdown or SmackDown? I mean, we have so many stories. I've been covering this beat for 20 years, uh, first on C KCBS, locally, Trash Talk Minutes, Air America, Eco Talk, greening the red and blue states one show at a time. It shouldn't be politicized, people. They shouldn't let this be politicized. And then most recently on the internet for the last five years. And, and so I just want to encourage all of you to stay on this. We have to demand 
that this biggest issue of our time cannot be ignored. And I promise them there not only are there tons of stories and tons of passionate, positive people, which I'm, which is why I'm going for television to show that it's not gloom and doom, it's not negativity, it's not just one or two stories. It is the biggest story that needs to be told. So if any of you want to hear all the stupid excuses I've gotten from network executives over the years, happy to share that. And, <laughs> and if CNN and MSNBC... But wait, but you have to tell us where we can hear you. Okay, so I, my show was on um, the Progressive Radio Network, uh, the Green Front, uh, until a year ago. I quit a year ago after 10 years of doing it on my own time and dime on Air America, KCBS, and the internet, because I realized who's going to the Progressive Radio Network and seeking out the Green Front? It's a progressive green community. God love us, but it's not reaching the, the non-choir. So I decided to focus full-time on this. And if GNN, I'm sorry, I want to start a Green News Network. So if, we can't hear you right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying if, if, if CNN or MSNBC have the nerve to say no to this great dynamic programming area where there are sponsors and advertisers now, electric car companies, solar power companies, natural food, you know, organic products, then we're going to start a green news network. And if anyone would like to help me work on that, I am deadly serious about it. Why okay. not? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I had a lot to say. So we heard a lot of concerns, and um, I want to give it back to the panelists to see if there's some addressing of that. I, I'm seeing you, you nod, Yantina. Um, so, so many uh, thoughts are going through my head right now, and they're all, I think, echo parts of myself that I've had, too. I think, um, well, we've heard issues of access uh, in particular and issues about security. I think I'll just probably speak about the security one um, from my experience first and foremost, and um, how can we... Uh, ensure that women and individuals who are speaking up against a very controversial issues are, 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 um, are safe. And, you know, the answer to that is we, we really can't. Uh, when I talk to women around the world, what they often say is they're already risking their lives and it's more deadly to remain silent than to speak out at this point. And, uh, what we can do is, as I, as I said before, educate ourselves about some of the tools and the tips and how we can protect ourselves online. Um, but at this point, the, the actually suppressing and stuffing down is, may, not, may, may not necessarily save ourselves from violence that's in our home and in our communities, uh, but um, the way forward is being able to, to connect and, and start to create our own means of communication. Uh, and I think that's my biggest message that I was speaking about today is like, yes, all these power structures and, and the violence that's in the world, the only way through that is to take matters into our own hands and begin to create our own ecosystems of many different safe spaces and safe communities. And for women to be involved, starting as girls in curriculum in school, how to do, be makers of technology and media. How, how do you do your own video blog, your own vlog? How, how do you um, do, a co do code? Like Black Girls Code is fantastic, and Girls Who Code is another fantastic. And as uh, the more we're involved in that, the more we can be creating interfaces that instead of driving you towards purchasing commercial things, is driving you in delight and discovery and connection and making change. 
And so it's just a matter of a pipeline of encouraging our youth, which is so much of exactly what you're doing, you yeah. know, and encouraging our daughters and, and our sisters to just, instead of saying, we, we, we use a lot of powerless language, and I'd like us all to notice it. Oh, the media, and oh, the technology, it's got us by the throat, you know, it's all the reason for everything bad. But it's a neutral tool, and so we can use that, and we just need to be very purposeful about it and what we want it, out of it for ourselves. Looks like I you agree. have a comment. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree, and I think that, you know, we teach our girls, you know, knowledge is power. So when they start, when we help them start learning how to use their voice by learning this technology, we help them start learning about the resources that are available in their communities. And in Oakland, we have an incredible amount of really uh, long-time, strong women's organizations um, in art, in media, in um, tech, IT and technology, in health that we can um, you know, point them towards if they need those, if they need those type of services. Um, and then I would also say that we also, when they, when they come in and start to learn this, this information, they're going to be challenged. Um, and, but the good thing is they are going to be part of a community that's going to lift them up and they're, they're going to have other young women that they're around that they not only can become friends with, uh, long lasting friends with, but that will help support them to help make wonderful content. Um, help them make a story, cover an important story that's going on in, in Oakland and in, around the world. Um, and it, it won't be just them on their own. So I would just, I would just challenge you all to just look for, look for those, those resources that are around you that, you, that can help you. Don't, don't think that you have to do you know, it all on your own. If you have a story to tell and you don't feel like you can say it on your own, you can. But if you don't, there are resources out there that can help you. Thank you. So yeah, I, I heard um, a lot about, we, you know, Nima's telling us about the system is broken, but we still want the system to be what we're part of or kind of clamoring at it or working too hard so we're missing our own expression. Um, so at, at Code Pink, we just launched a new campaign, Growing a Local Peace Economy, and we're really moving into, okay, there is this economy. It is the sharing, giving, reciprocal, relational, economy of abundance that is the feminine economy that we would not be alive without. But we value this other economy that's oppressive and destructive and extractive. Um, and just to be aware, as we watched a transformation over here, um, when you're letting that economy be the, the economy that's attracting you, I call it the shiny bauble that destroys, instead of the economy that is the community, do we really need to go on MSNBC or if we use our voices in our community and really connect women to themselves, what does that happen? When we're talking about this mycelium and this lighting up, it's really connection and it's relational. And so, you know, watch yourself. We're, we're, we all do it. But watch what you value and whose attention you're trying to get. And can it just be to speak that story or for so many of us, to listen and share that we heard and to celebrate a, vo a courageous voice that was shared. And that might break that frustration or bring us back to our own music. Um, so, Nima, did you have anything else to say on the comments? Thank you. What I, was, uh, I wanted to say now is 
let's connect. See you online. <laughs> uh, it can be so simple. I think that's exactly, you know, it can be so simple when we stop and breathe and connect. So now that we've connected in that way, let's move a little deeper into ourselves and talk about what gets in the way of our telling our story and sharing our voice. So you can find another partner, go back to the partner. Let's take three minutes and talk about what is that thing that's inside of us. And to kind of fuel that, I'm going to have the panelists talk about what gets in their way, and then you can talk about what gets in yours. I would say time. It's, it's a hard thing for me to find the time. Um, besides, besides finding the confidence, which I feel like I found, but then it's also like, okay, with all the distractions that I have going on in life, in my daily life, how do I find out those, those five, ten minutes to, um, to talk, to, to, to speak up? And so that would be, for me, what that is. For me, I think sometimes technology also is bad for technology. We miss, we African, to touch each other, to talk. We, we don't think about time. That is big issues that we have, like different understanding, how to use the time. For example, when you get uh, um, this African or American people, you for beginning to tell him what is going on, how are you, how feel, blah, blah. But here, you communication is directory. It's, in seconds, you have every, you finish everything. <laughs> and that time is really challenging also to get um, access to technology, this kind of privilege we have. I, don't, I wanted to tell you, to invite you all women to share the privilege to connect the other women, to tell story. That's to talk together, you can hear us. You know, we can share and, you know, tech, tech much. It's very expensive to use technology. Is not, no joke. Take action is to take check. Is like time is money. In America, they say that time is money. And we African, technology is money. <laughs> Thank you. Um, for me, I have, as I said, it takes a lot for me to, to figure out what it is that I want to put out into the world, but I found myself at World Pulse realizing that I was putting so much behind the curtain over the years of like, okay, it's all about these women's voices and not mine, and I, of course, I had to tell my story to, to um, talk about World Pulse, but in terms of my own like columns and my own world viewpoint personally, that was starting to get lost. And uh, when I started to look at what can I, how do I want to discover my own voice again in this work, and how might I do like a Huffington Post column or a WordPress blog, or these are, some of these are very free tools that are out there and just, you know, you can do them pretty quickly to set up. 
what was it? And, and I realized that my nature is I want to shine spotlight on other people, but I realized that uh, I could also elevate even more some of the incredible stories that I'm coming through on World Pulse, but also that I'm seeing out in the world and, and the way those ideas are linking and, and put out there, be shining a spotlight on these new ideas and these new individuals that are affecting me personally. So it's like my personal voice in how it all comes together and how I'm spotlighting other things in the world. Like, how am I making sense of that? And that's what got me really excited. That lit me up of like, well, let me just think about what is it that I have to write about, like uniquely coming out of me. It was more about what are all the things I'm seeing out in the world and how they all come together and shine a spotlight. And that's where I started to find more of my own voice there. Exactly. I think, um, I think this where she say how we see things, we don't see ourselves. For example, when you say, uh, when I'm sorry to say to love myself so much, to say African women or black women or white women, we have only one issue is violence against women around the world. You see when, for example, when she was talking about Stella in India, in China, when they see women that she's pregnant with girls, they want to kill girls in the womb. You know, she's innocent because only she's a woman. And when myself, who pushed me to tell my story because to get this to understand everywhere, women have issues. I don't know. Sometimes they say I'm not a normal. You see like that? When you find a partner, how you talk with them, they have also issues. I don't know. Really, still today, I'm looking. I don't find that um, issues. So turn to each other and take about three minutes and share what gets in the way of you telling your story or using your voice. So you have one more minute to finish sharing with each other. All right, let's come back to listening and hearing some popcorn from the room. So because um, they're recording this for a radio show, we need to make sure that when you ask the question, it's on the mic. And if you've already spoken, if you could leave it for someone else to share their voice. Um, they really want you to go to the mics at the edge, if that's okay. And if you're down the middle, I'll pass the mic down the middle. I see somebody making their way to the mic. I want to tell you how beautiful it is to hear you all sharing. Uh, thank you so much for asking these questions. Um, it brought to light, uh, we were talking about recently, I work at UC Berkeley, and we saw this past week how the power of media led to the resignation of a serial sexual harasser professor at UC Berkeley. And as a staff person, um, one, I was so hurting for my students, um, so furious with the administration who were already under federal lawsuit because of our failure around sexual violence on our campus. But kind of struggling in my mind with um, how you can use, like you were talking about, media to shed light on things that maybe need that light. 
versus getting into maybe these witch hunts or public shaming or like someone actually furthering that violence online against maybe the person who's under scrutiny. And so, I don't know, that's just what's swirling in my mind. But thank you for allowing this space for us to have these conversations yeah, with each thank other. You. Thank sure. you. Thank you for that news. Hi, I'm Susanna. Um, and I have a very dear friend who is Ethiopian who started a women's center in southern Ethiopia. She was actually on this stage several years ago. But um, she, had the, she is a kind of a personally a techno klutz like me. Uh, but she had the insight that uh, one of the things she should do in this women's center was to have a school for, as she called it, business skills then, but clearly a major part of it would be computer training, te technological computer training. And, uh, and she found one of the things was that the uh, political regime was so frightened of some kind of subversion that it was impossible to get an internet connection at that part of the country. Uh, secondarily, when she uh, attempted to uh, fundraise for or bring in uh, computers, that they were stopped at uh, the border with um, uh, uh, duty, uh, enormous inflated duty fee fees. So the, the obstacles to getting what was needed to train those girls were enormous, and I, I don't know exactly how far along she's got with it now, but it, I think it was a valuable idea at the time, and it's even more so now. Well, thank you for sharing that, because I think that's an important thing also to recognize, is that sometimes what gets in the way of us sharing our voice is the power of our voice, and I think both personally and for governments, that um, I think it's something we have to remember, that, it's a, that it is a power, and that there is power in the stories that we have to tell. And, there's no, and there are reasons why it's a, a difficult bar. So thank you for reminding of, us of that. And the ultimate subversion is women gaining equal power. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> Do I see someone over here? Hello. My name is Tara. Um, so I feel that as a young person in this world today, um, one of the main issues is a lot of people were, were stereotyped as not as smart or um, we don't know as much. And so I feel a lot of people just don't pay attention to us. And then um, a study was shown uh, a few months back, I think, that adults, the average adult, this um, in this like time, has a shorter attention span than a goldfish, and I thought that was like <laughs> because of all the Snapchats and all the just short. We're not having like full conversations. We're just having really short um, interactions with other people, and I thought that was awful. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you. A reminder to, you know, not be stopped by time, but to expand time with our stories. And it's a great thing to do, to expand time with a story. 
Because if you can take someone to an, into a story, you literally do stop time. And it's a magical carpet ride for someone. So another way to value our stories. So we have room for one more comment. She was waiting to. Okay. Hi there. Um, uh, my name is Kristen, and I host a talk show in Santa Cruz. And um, I think one of the biggest challenges for me is um, I'm a mother of two little ones, and so balancing family and raising my kids and having the time to um, do what I'm so passionate about because it's all consuming from morning to night. I can just get so into it and um, my husband doesn't appreciate that. So um, balance, I think, is one of the things that stands in the way of me speaking my voice the way that I would love to be able to. Thank you. I Thank think you. many can agree with you there. <laughs> All right. Um, was there one more over? I, I see you're standing, so I don't... Hi. I have, I have just a brief comment. My name is Brianna, and I just want to comment upon the importance of a community like yours in which people who are contributing are being supported because I think what gets in the way of so many people posting things, even on social media, even so much as a status update on Facebook, I see it time and time again, people will post something and delete it because they get self-conscious or someone makes a comment that is negative. And so I think it is so important that if you're seeking content and you're seeing content that you enjoy or that you just say, wow, it's really brave of you to share something to support the people who are sharing those, because those negative comments need to be overpowered by positive uh, reinforcement. Go for it. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> we, have, we, can't, we need to hear your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm Marnika Shelton. And the thing that came up for me in this is I hear a lot of these incredible stories from all around the world, and they are so powerful and so palpable and potent. And I get stuck in this bubble of, like, we, we live in a bubble in America, you know? And I have this story where, like, my story's not big enough. My story's not important enough because I have American privilege and I have these things that have been given to me. Why should I complain? And one of the things that came up during our share was, you know, it's not even a matter of complaining, but really just be about connecting with everyone. And there's so many things going on in the society, in the country, in the world, that unless we talk about them, unless we share, and in this concept of like family business, we're not going to break down the barriers and actually have the change that we need. Bravo, thank you so much. So um, one of the things we wanted to get to, but there's no time, is probably the most important thing about sharing our stories and our voice is listening. And just want you to leave with that because I heard a lot of listening in this room and it's very powerful. So um, we want, I think the commenting really came up a lot. So listening and commenting might be an interesting way for everyone to leave here with some um, commitment to that. In, in some way, holding another woman's voice with value and the preciousness of it. So I'd like um, everyone to leave us with some words. Nicole? Um, I would say at, at Global Girl Media, we, we do uh, try to listen to our girls. And one of the things that's come up in, in our various bureaus, international bureaus here in Oakland and around the world, is the 
uh, amount of anxiety and depression that uh, has come along with this rapid influx of technology and media in our daily lives. And so right now, Global Girl has a campaign running uh, called Listen Out Loud, hashtag Listen Out Loud. Uh, and it came out of work we did this summer in, in Oakland and in Chicago, um, where our girls were telling us, you know, we're, our, our friends, ourselves, we're feeling really bad about ourselves because of the, the messages that media has put out there. So um, we at Global Girl have a lot more work to do. We want to do it. Uh, we need resources. So if you're here in the Bay Area and want to help out, we're in Oakland. And uh, we have a website, globalgirlmedia.org, where you can find out how to contact us. Uh, and, um, you know, just really uh, encouraged by all of you today. For, and thank you so much for sharing, because um, I feel really healed by this panel. Um, so thank you for sharing your stories. Mm -hmm. And we actually, if the video can pull up the computer here, we actually have the little, uh, as we continue, we can look at yes. the, how they can get involved there for you. Yeah. Uh, to help me, I think, when we are connected, my job is to connect women, to share a story, to change the world. That is my, I hope, and I see when women, they are using technology, I see hope in the eyes of those women who try to learn how to use this technology to get access to these opportunities and let's take these opportunities, sister. This is wonderful to use technology. It's really, really helpful and challenging we have only is how it take much time and money. That is a big challenge. And you know, women, face women is poverty, neglected, crying. Let's change that. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, and just take that one step further, Nemo. When, when people connect to you and your community from the United States, what is that, how does that feel? Is there value there? Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. okay, that women, women, when they have feedback from around the world, they feel, oh, somebody is listening. That is a huge, huge change. When I write my first article, I get a woman from Fiji. She was blind woman. She lived with blind. And she say, no, don't say you are with disability. You can't do anything. You have a voice. You are not alone. And now from here, I'm going maybe to Paris to another big event for International Day for Women with Disability. In the uh, UN, UNESCO, UNESCO, I think, like that. I'm going to speak there. That is because I'm connected. People find me through technology. I tell you how is very, very benefit from for all us. We, we now we, when you find your voice, you see, oh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Yeah. Let me take this privilege, my sisters, connected, share the change. Thank you. Yeah. And as you can see, you can connect with Nema Namadamu on World Pulse. You can connect with all the women um, from the Congo and around the world. We actually have a role on World Pulse called a listener <laughs> that came about because we were asking our community, what's the number one thing that has caused you to make a difference for being on World Pulse and, and give you confidence? And it just came back, the commenting, the listening, we feel heard. We did studies about it with the University of California and they said that was the number one catalytic thing that was causing women to go on to create change was the commenting and the listening. So. Join uh, World Pulse. You can sign up if you have a couple of spare hours and a laptop and you want to just read stories and comment. It's a good, like I said, gateway drug. A and then you can see where you're pulled. You might, through their stories, find your own story. So, Yanzina, if... If a seed got planted in the heart of a woman oh. here and she wants to share a story, is there a way she yes. can blog? I invite each of you, if you want to take that baby step and see what happens, you can, and have that breakthrough moment. If you haven't already, you can uh, go on to World Pulse and join and write your first post. Is there a place that can, is there a Bioneers community? There is, you know, what you can do is write about Bioneers on there and it. we'll find each other. Yeah, okay. exactly. You got it? So if you want to share your story from here, write a blog, tag at Bioneers, and we can find you. Exactly. Thank you so much for being such an amazing and sharing audience. Thank you, panelists, for being with us. Have a fabulous Bioneers. <laughs>